I appreciate that season where people were telling me that it was just gonna be a hobby if I continue to pursue it. That helped me double down and bet on myself. If you want the results of that 1%, then you can't do what 99% of people do. I was flipping things on Craigslist while also shooting maternity photos, while shooting weddings, while second shooting big productions in order to see, okay, I feel like I could do this. Welcome to the Mid Combo Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yo, Ed and I, we're energized, we're ready, because we're talking about the side hustle, the full-time freelance journey. The bit of a jump that can be scary. Um, for those of you freelancing, if you're struggling right now, there's gonna be some valuable and practical tips for you. If you're currently on a side hustle, freelancing is kind of a side quest for you right now. We're gonna try to make it a reality on how you can do it full-time. And you're going to want to stick around for the entire episode because we're going to be dropping value from the start to the end, Yo, as always. And stay until the end because we got some golden nuggets for y'all. But first, let's roll that intro music. Let's go. All right, here's the deal. Because we're the big combo, we're about to get right into it. We're about to get right into the meat, the golden nuggets. Yeah, we don't waste this time is, here. Uh, something that I feel like is going to help out a lot of freelancers if you're in the journey of trying to figure out if it's your full-time thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's tee it off. What are we talking about? Yep, so we're gonna talk about going from a side hustle to full-time. And that's not just with photo video. Honestly, a lot of the stuff we're gonna talk about today is for anything that you're doing for freelancing. Could be graphic design, could be... I don't know, consulting, it could be literally anything in the creative industry, but we just want to touch on the side hustle aspect of it and then transitioning because that transition can be hard. Mm. A lot of things that can go on in that period, a lot of hard lessons that we had to go through. And so the first thing I would love to talk about and ask you is it's a roller coaster at times. Like it's up, it's down. Does that ever go away? I think that's something with freelancers. When they first start out, they're like, oh my gosh, this, this, there's like season of no money and then a season of the most amount of money you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Is that just a constant or does, does it get stable at some point? When you sign up to go freelance, you're signing up for entrepreneurship. You're signing up for instability at times. I mean, I have friends that have nine to five jobs that will get cut sometimes mm -hmm. and they'll lose their job and they're gonna have to go find a new job. The only difference is that you're kind of your own boss. So... Whenever I meet someone who's like, I would love to go full-time and quit my job to pursue photo, video, graphic design, copywriting, you name it. I first ask them questions to see what their risk level is, mm -hmm. the risk, risk meter. Their risk tolerance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, if they're a very calculated risk taker and they're already losing their mind over the idea of how am I going to match my income? at the job that I have. And they love the safety. They love the fact that they get paid every two weeks. They love that they know when they have to show up. They know where the break room is. I start to ask these hard questions because mm -hmm. it's not for everybody. But I think if you're in the side hustle phase, in a way you're approaching it as a hobby and there needs to be some sort of pivotal decision that needs to be made. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I think it's something that does just come with the territory of freelancing is the roller coaster aspect. And like you said, before you actually make the jump or if you're thinking about it, it's figuring out what your risk tolerance is. And there's something I came across recently and it was just saying like, if you want the results of that 1%, then you can't do what 99% of people do. Mm -hmm. And 99% of people are gonna play it safe. Mm -hmm. And I think with freelancing, you, we don't wanna be reckless, but there definitely is a measure of 
risk taking. Like there, I just met this couple in Seattle, and they they literally just she started a company, and they're literally selling their house, downsizing, and they're like, you're talking like this is a two million dollar house, like it's, wow. it's a fatty,、mm. right? And so they they're putting like a lot of their investment, a lot of what could have just been a cushion. You know, just live in a normal house, live in a normal family. But she's like an entrepreneur. She wants to start a company.、Mm-hmm. They're like betting big、wow. on this company. And when I see that, it, like you said earlier, freelancing is not just the title freelancing. Like it's entrepreneurship. You're signing up for a journey that you're not sure about, and there definitely is some risk involved. And you need to understand your tolerance for that early on. Because if、mm. you can't, if you're like one of those people that you were saying earlier, like you just get paralyzed, like absolutely paralyzed. When you see like that dollar amount go down in your bank account, and you're one of those people who are like. Oh my gosh, I'm sweating. Like I'm sweating so hard that I just want to sleep all day and not do anything. Like it's paralyzing me.、Uh, it might、yeah. not be for you, and that's like a hard conversation you really have to have with yourself. And everyone is in different parts of their life, right? Some people, some of us have family, some of us have kids, some of us are su- supporting our parents or whatever the case may be. Like you just have to really have a hard conversation with yourself before you just like kind of walk into this. That's awesome. I'm curious if you can go back to side hustle, Ed. Mm-hmm. Slanging videos、hey. on the side, while also kind of slanging paninis at the parents. <laughs> Seriously, at the panini shop, how did you navigate that pivot? Or like, or that you almost graduated from side hustle to full time? Yeah. Was there a switch? Was there like a whole lot of uncertainty? And how did you like tackle that? Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like I have a bit of an unfair advantage just because I found it at such a young age. You know, like holding a camera, doing my thing. It was like high school. Well.、Wow. So, You know, when you're in high school, you don't you feel like you don't have anything to lose. Like the world is your oyster. You're just、mm-hmm. kind of like trying new things, try, trying to meet new people. So in that sense, I feel like I had a bit of an unfair advantage because I just caught it so early. Wow. But that doesn't mean I wasn't trying to make it happen. Like I was doing senior portraits for like fifty bucks. I was、uh, like when the moms would come with their daughter or moms would come with their son just to like pose it. And my mom, I remember like having these conversations because I'd be. Trying to go to school for like an actual career, was starting out medical, then transitioned into like business. And I remember I'd tell my mom like I'd walk out the door with my camera, my little backpack, my Canon, and she's like, "Where are you going?"、Mm-hmm. I'd be like, "I go to see some senior portrait photos for、hey. someone I know at school." She's like, "What? For how long? How many hours?" I'm like, "I'm probably gonna be like four hours." She said, "How much you making?" Yeah, I was like, "Hundred bucks." Yeah, she's like, she just look at me <laughs> and just kind of give me that look like this isn't gonna be your career, like, and you know that, right? And I thought it too. Like、yeah. I didn't believe. I was like, "This isn't going to be my career."、Yeah. But I mean, at that age, it's like, "Oh,、uh, cool! Like extra five hundred if I could do five of these a week. Like、yeah. that's cool. Like that's that's money with the homies. That's gas money. That's、mm-hmm. eating out with homies, like、uh, with friends. You know, going to the movies, going to the mall, whatever, right?" But it was definitely a side hustle.、Mm-hmm. It was only until my very first gig was when like a local city found my senior portrait somehow, and then reached out. I was like, "Hey, we have this like." Summer event. It's like a festival.、Uh, like it's like a farmers market festival. It's like a family event, right?、Hey. Like we have literally five hundred dollars for a three day event, and it's going to be featured in like the local newspaper. Let's go, dude! And at that moment, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy!" Like an actual company, like not like a friend. Right, you actual... were calculating how many movies、yeah. you were going to be able to go to with that money, <laughs> literally. And like an actual company reached out, and I think. It, Those are those kind of wins that happen along the way, where we'll get into a little bit. But like those are those small wins that happen, where like it starts to become more and more of a reality. Yeah, like freelancing, making that jump from side hustle to to full time, 
It's not like you wake up one day and you're like, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. It's like a slow progression. Like, how was that for you? Like, I don't, I feel like it wasn't black and white probably. Like you yeah. kind of had like little things that gave you more faith that you could do it like along the journey, like probably over a span of years. Yeah. I think my situation was interesting because first entrepreneur in the family, my parents almost, you know, the, the path that, that I was on was I was going to go to a four-year college, graduate, and then get a job with my degree, which is economics, which is so funny. But even back to high school, you know, I did senior portraits like you. I mm -hmm. shot sporting events. I always kind of had my dad's camera on me. Uh, but the moment for me where I'm like, I feel like this could be something is when, pe when local music artists started paying me for like music videos and like little photo shoots. Did I would do photo shoots during like lunch hour in high school and make a couple hundred bucks. Sometimes I would trade for like extras at lunch, essentially like, you know, the add-ons, if you will, that you can get at the cafeteria. <laughs> and I started seeing, wow, people value the type of content that I can create. But at the same time, it was hard because I had family members telling me, you know, this is your side hustle. You can't tell people that it's full time. And I appreciate that season where people were against me or telling me that, you know, it, it was just going to be a hobby if I continue to pursue it. Is go, you know, that helped me double down and bet on myself. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm going to prove kind of the people around me that I really appreciate the feedback from that I can do this. And to be realistic with myself, because I am ambitious. I love taking risks. I'm a rebel. <laughs> I was the kid in high school that was always messing around. Yeah. I like saw the possibility when I started getting checks in the mail that were pretty decent size. And I feel like for me, it came with age and maturity. It came with putting reps in and it really came with just working harder than most people around me. And I call that out because I think, um, it's not just one thing where all of a sudden I'm like, dude, I have no stress about this. I'm just going to take the leap. No, like I was working multiple side hustles, flipping things on Craigslist while also shooting maternity photos, while shooting weddings, while second shooting big productions in order to see, okay, I feel like I could do this. Yeah. I feel that a lot of people, it's always like glass half full. Like if you're listening to this and you even have people uh, like your loved ones, like family members, siblings, or close friends that look at your work and they gas it up. They're like, this is fire. Like mm -hmm. you need to pursue this. Like, this is so good. Mm -hmm. That is like a, that is like a blessing. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people don't start with that. Yeah. Like, and if you have that, don't take that for granted. And if you don't have that and like, you don't, you feel like you don't have that support system. You feel like you, your family doesn't support your passion of what you're trying to pursue just understand that you're going to need that grit. You're going to need that grit. Like Paul said, like you need to bet on yourself and you can't look back. Mm -hmm. And that's like really important to know because if you don't have that portion, you're, you're not going to be able to go through those low, low points of freelancing. Yeah. If you're constantly looking for like validation, if you're constantly looking to other people, if you're not betting on yourself, you're not going to make it through. And that's wow. just like being, being honest. Wow. Because a lot of people that I know is just, or I've connected with is like they if they fall off, it's because they just kind of lost a vision of what they could be, mm -hmm. what was possible, and you just don't want that to happen to you. So figure out that getting on yourself. I love that. Uh, the next point we wanted to hit on was: Are you generating the income that you need to survive? Want to hit awesome. on that a little bit, like income generation for yeah. freelancing? I think it's different for everybody. That's why whenever people throw the questions out, "Hey, what should I charge?" or 
You know, am I charging enough? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions that you have to ask yourself because, you know, we're all in different seasons. Uh, are you living at home or do you have your own place? Do you have a mortgage? Mm-hmm. Do you have kids or do you not have kids? Does your spouse work or are you the only one working? It's this equation. And I think at the end of the day, you also need to figure out what's your overhead going to be. I have coached many freelancers and I know you have too mm-hmm. on the topic of pricing. And it really comes into the equation where we're talking about the side hustle to full-time journey Mm -hmm. because it is uncomfortable to sit down and look at all your expenses and start crunching numbers to figure out what you need to make in order to make it as a full time. And I think a lot of people look at comparisons with jobs like, oh yeah, I could get a job at this company as a marketing person for 65K a year. Okay. I need to make that as a full-time freelancer in order to take the leap. So how do I get there? And I think we've talked about this in previous episodes where it's nice to have some sort of financial cushion. Mm -hmm. But I would say you really need to make sure that you are prepared for the lows, the lows, the lows that come with the the roller coaster. You're going to have months where you're getting fat checks, but then you're going to have months where you're like, I'm broke, I'm poor. I tell people it's like, the months where you're hitting the ground, it's like literally the huge dip yeah. in the roller coaster early on is when you're signing into Indeed.com. You're signing into LinkedIn. You're trying whoa, to- Whoa, fr- whoa. Is, is this stab at me right now? Because I was looking for a job? No, chill. Just kidding. Just kidding. I think what you said was awesome, which is you really have to figure out what your what your tolerance is, but also like for the budgets, from the budget side of things. If you don't really know- how much money is going in and how much money you actually need to generate. Like you don't have that actually locked in that number is going to be hard for you to figure out exactly how you're going to do this. I also, you know, realized too, because you know, we've coached a lot of people, we've had conversations like you don't want to put yourself in a position though, where the right out the gate, if you're trying to brush up your skills and you're trying to freelance and you're trying to make money doing it, that is a stressful season. It will literally take you away from like actually delivering. It is because it's like if you're not quite there yet with your skills, but then you're putting yourself in a sink or swim position where you need to make money, mm-hmm. that in my opinion is a recipe for failure. Oh, for so sure. Like I would say if you're in a learning phase right now with content creation, keep it a side hustle. Have your main hustle until you get to a point where you work is at a point where you're clearly like stacking your work next to someone you know is successfully freelancing and being like, my work is like up to this par. Mm-hmm. And if it's not at that point, not that you, it's impossible to freelance, you're just going to struggle. You're going to find yourself in that like odd job phase, the one-offs, the stuff you don't want to do. You're going to find yourself in that season for a much longer period Yeah. if you don't have your skills brushed up. So that's my tip is become nasty with the camera become really good with it become so good with it that it can't go unnoticed then you start doubling down on transitioning to the full-time obviously you're always going to grow you're always going to grow there's always room to grow even me and paul like we're always talking about how we can push the boundaries for like how we can get better as creatives but you need that factor because a lot of freelancers will like i'm gonna be honest with you like some freelancers work just suck Mm -hmm. and i look at their work and i'm like this is just not good and then they're like I want to land my first $10,000 retainer client. I'm like, it just doesn't work like that. No. You know, we just had to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would hope that if I was early in my journey, someone would tell me the same thing because I'm just going to waste a ton of time if someone didn't tell me that. Wow. I wish I could go back and document my 
season of free full-time, like full-on side hustle Paul, because mm-hmm. it was so extremely hard because I found myself working in all different directions in order to make things work so I could go full-time. And uh, I don't think people understand because we see on social media, no matter what industry you're in, the best of the best. All the cool gigs, the highlight reels. Where we were talking off the mic about this, but in order to like have enough money in order to buy a camera, because I knew I needed like the right gear when I took that leap, I was working really odd end jobs. I worked at a moving company for a summer, toughest job I've ever done. Show up at 5 a.m., hop in a semi. I lied and said that I had a license to drive a semi. We'd show, up, we'd, we'd show up to like a three bedroom, three story house. We pack the truck, literally then move that family into their next house. You gotta be willing to put in the work. And I think also whatever you're passionate about, it needs to equate to money. Like it needs to be generating money uh, in order for you to take a leap because guess what? You taking a leap, you might be like, I'm gonna have more time so I'm gonna be able to make more money. No, like I recommend being booked and busy as a side hustle photographer, videographer, or designer, whatever. That's a good indicator that you're in high demand and that you're in a position where you know when you take that leap that you have that cash flow coming in. Yeah. And there's a few kind of ways that you can set that up. It's maybe having that six months of runway, having clients on retainer, uh, making sure that maybe you're paying at your parents' house for those first eight to 12 months of being mm-hmm. a full-time freelancer. Set yourself up so then, like I said at the beginning, you're not overly having to think about finances or instability with finances. Instead, you can be focusing on how to grow your business. I love what you said about being busy uh, in your side hustle season because I've experienced it firsthand where sometimes when you have too much time, Mm -hmm. you won't be as productive as you think you will. And a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to quit my full-time job. I'll have eight hours a day now to freelance and I'm just going to maximize it. Mm -hmm. I can tell you from experience, not always how it goes. Like you think you will do that, but actually I think the nature of like us is like humans, like we, we need to be busy we need to have a reason to be pushing. Yep. And like when there's no reason, like no force pushing us, we just kind of get lazy. It's like during summer break or you have a, a, a week off from work or something. You're like, dude, I'm going to be so productive on this week. I'm going to like build a business in the summer when I'm off from school. But like how many people actually go out and do it? You know, because you're, you're just, you end up filling your time with other things. And that is always on the back burner. Not always. I'm not going to speak like for everyone because I know some people just are abs- on, absolutely on the grind once they quit their job. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that when your back is against the wall and you have no time, mm-hmm. sometimes that is when you are performing your best. Wow. And we talked about this yeah. off the mic. Like that's kind of how I feel like Paul is. Like Paul, like he literally moved to Miami, got a, a new house, had two kids, two under two there for a little bit. And like just life was chaotic at times. But he was starting a a whole business, landing retainer clients. And it's almost like your business was thriving even more during that chaotic phase because you knew that like your back was against the wall and you had to push. Like there was not an hour you could waste in the day. I mean, I think that's healthy though. It's like a good thing in a way. Dude, when I moved to Miami, I felt like the side hustle Paul season. I was burning the midnight oil, trying to build something that I knew was going to be able to generate more income. My advice to any side hustle photographer that's like, honestly, any creative is, Find the time and like be willing to risk whatever it takes in order to make it work. 
-hmm. because I feel like I'll talk to people and they'll say, yeah, I just feel like I don't have enough time outside of my nine to five job, but I know I want to take a leap. What do I do? I'm like, well, calculate all the time you're watching Netflix and then spend that time building your business, the foundation. Mm -hmm. Do not take the leap with a weak foundation. Yeah. Do not take the leap without having that structure in place. Because guess what? It's going to crumble. You're going to be on Indeed. You're going to be on LinkedIn looking for that next job. Um, I want to just call out that one thing that I think is often thought about for someone that, you know, is like, I want to build something for myself. I love the idea of entrepreneurship. It's no secret that, I mean, Forbes has put out an article saying that within the last couple of years, the freelance industry has exploded. People mm. have literally turned into freelancers overnight, started business. If you're a freelancer, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner. You might have to do some things that let's just say, don't seem sexy. You gotta pay taxes. You gotta do all these things that are new, that are uncomfortable, but it's a part of the game. And health insurance is one of them. We talked about this before, but there's some sort of safety that comes with working at a company that provides benefits. Mm -hmm. So how do you navigate that as a freelancer? And I think really is making sure that you have work coming in to cover those expenses, that overhead versus being like, you know, I know I need insurance. I'm gonna go figure it out. It's probably pretty cheap. What? It's a thousand bucks a month? The heck? <laughs> so prepare for that stuff. Yeah. Um, lack of preparation will put you on your butt. Yeah, no, definitely. I honestly think that this episode, a lot of it was just practical food for thought. Um, if you guys want me and Paul to break down like the literal, like unsexy topics of health insurance, tax strategy, uh, contracts, like all the stuff that honestly is like really nitty gritty, let us know and we can make an episode about that. But to recap this one, I think we touch on some really good things, which is when you're transitioning from side hustle to full time, you have to really think about your mental fortitude, mm -hmm. risk tolerance, that's wow. huge. You have to think about, I thought like talent, what is your actual talent versus the, your, where you're relatively, like your, what, what kind of money you're trying to make. Because if your like talent is low and you're like, I'm trying to land 10,000 retainers, it's like, there's a disconnect there. Yeah, be and, real with yourself too in that. Tap yeah. into people that are experts or that are full-time, ask them for honest feedback. Yes. That's another good one. Huge, ask your closest homie to be like, be honest with me, mm -hmm. my video trash or is it not? And then your real homies are going to come out. <laughs> Yo, let's go. <laughs> but Can't be butthurt. No, no. But I think there is, it's an awesome journey. I think me and Paul, I think we're not saying all these things in the episode to like scare you from freelancing, but I definitely think that there is a measure of strategy and planning you to have. Yep. And Paul and I can definitely do more episodes on breaking that down. I mean, this whole podcast is essentially doing that, but hopefully you guys took something away of value from this one. Thank you guys for listening. Talk soon. Peace.